Charles. Cheers. 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 Yep, that's us. That's just a taste of what you're in for. You're listening to the Wine and Whiteboards podcast miniseries, Drunken Marketing. We're here to drink some wine and share ridiculously hilarious and real marketing experiences with you. We're all part of a B2B marketing team and work together at our nine to five. Sometimes working in marketing can be funny, annoying, or just straight up weird. Our team is going to give you a behind the scenes look at marketing while sharing hilarious stories and situations that we found ourselves in. Let's be real. Some of these stories may not have been funny at the time, but in hindsight, they make us laugh and we've grown to become better marketers because of them. So grab a glass of wine and join us as we tell you the lessons we've learned the hard and funny way. Welcome to another episode of Drunken Marketing. We're so excited that you came back to listen to another episode with us. And we hope you have a glass with yourself. Or we have, <laughs> we hope you have a glass. We may be a few in at this point. So we hope you have a glass in front of yourself because we sure do. And I may be on my third glass at the moment. And I'm sure the rest of the team are too because they're laughing at me at the moment. <laughs> it's not called Drunken Marketing for anything, right? <laughs> yep. For nothing, isn't it? Wouldn't it be nothing, Kelly? Like, it's not called drug marketing. Who knows how many glasses we're in? <laughs> That's why it's going to be a really good story. So today we're going to talk about being a design student because actually two of us from the Wine and Whiteboards team, Sarah and myself, Paige, went to art school. And we thought we'd just kind of drink and laugh about all the ridiculous things that we did as design students because they were pretty hilarious. So we're going to talk about nude drawing classes design critique, and so, so much more. So I think an easy way to dive in would be to talk about our <laughs> art professors because they were kind of some interesting characters that I think we could paint a picture of what art school is actually all about. So I'm gonna share a few of mine and Sarah has a few of her own. So my art history professor wore the exact same bee for four years straight, every single class, for four years. Based on the smell of him, I don't know if he washed that for those four years. That was going to be my question, Paige. I was like, do you think he had like multiple beanies of the same variety? Or do you think he like had one beanie and he was like, this is my favorite beanie and I'm going to wear this every day? I'm going to say like based on art and like everybody's perceptive of like an art person that it's the same one but all I could think of was like a Dwight Schrute person as like an art professor who it's like every day is the same yellow mustard shirt but like also the same beanie but they have five of them for every day of the week yeah it's like a uniform I have to say guys I have been binge watching The Office the past week like two weeks maybe and I've rewatched everything from season one, episode one throughout. Like, that is the best show. So when you say Dwight Schrute, I'm just like, oh, yes, yes. He would be a perfect example of, like, a quirky art professor. Right. And I get it. I get it. Like, it's not as great once Michael leaves. But, like, you still got to watch the rest of it. Because the last season is, like, some of my favorite, like, with the Dwight and Jim, like, relationship is so good. But, okay, we'll let you get back to it, Paige. But quirky is a really good explanation for this person because I really enjoyed what he had to say because it was art history. So we talked about everything from like the 1400s to current. So like current, like modern art. So it was 
a huge spectrum of things. And we would talk about just the most random examples. And he was just a very lovable professor. So I hate to make fun of him, but the same beanie, it just, it was pretty hilarious. So another one, I had a typography professor who not to be, I guess it's not known. What? Not to be vain. (laughs) Yeah. Not to be vain, I guess. He, we assumed had a giant crush on me during school because he would call me out for every little thing and he would be by me all the time. Always like, I don't know. All of my other classmates would make fun of me about it. And it it was just, (laughs) it was really sad at the time, but he was such a great professor. I really enjoyed his classes. It was just the whole setup. Nope, 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 nope. We're done with that. It's not vain anymore. This is it turned, I thought it was going to be a question of like you thinking he was cute. No. So this turned into a wrong situation. <laughs> he wasn't not cute, but I just made sure not to be in like a one-on-one meeting with him. Just How old okay, was he? Paige? That's horrible. Maybe like 10, 15 years older than me at the time. Okay, so he wasn't like 70 though. No, he wasn't okay. creepy. Charlotte, you're just like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, kidding. you're like and he's like 30 I mean I guess that's kind of reasonable no 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 when you have a wife and I have a boyfriend oh that's different that's different yeah let's let's make sure that's appropriate that's apparent yeah I feel like Sarah was gonna say something I kept watching Sarah kind of like get ready to chime in here no I just was gonna ask how old he was too so not to make it okay but I was curious like how old he was okay so it's a teacher relationship issue so we have to address that doesn't matter whether it is male female whatever the relationship is it is a teacher student relationship it's not great it's true to to actually something to Sarah's already laughing she knows what I'm talking about so Sarah and I, even though we didn't go to the same school, we were from the same general area when we grew up and went to high schools that were probably, what, 15, 20 minutes away from each other. So we actually both know an art teacher who was having inappropriate relationships with his students, and both of him had him as an art teacher. And he was, like, super cool. People loved him, and he was really amazing. But there were certain times where he had a little bit of a creep factor, and it turned out that that creep factor was a real thing. Yeah. And he did serve time, I believe, for a relationship that he had with a student. So definitely not saying that this is okay, but Paige, in my mind, I was thinking like, well, if you were 21 and he was 30 and you were both single, like, I don't know, like, is no, that such no, a terrible no, thing? We're gonna, I, I wish we could add in, like, everybody could see me shaking my head of how horrible this is because it's the teacher-student relationship that is never okay, even if the student is like, no, it's fine, because it goes to the whole point of he's in the power of position. So your feminism here, and we're, you know, being strong there. 
Not to take it back, but that did remind me of an art history professor that I had who had the crazy, you know, red hair and beard. And he was younger, to Charlotte's point, I don't know, late 20s, early 30s, so younger for, for a professor, right? And I'm pretty sure there were rumors of him dating a student. It was it was kind of weird. You know, you get vibes. I feel like art people are people you get weird vibes from. And you either get good vibes or bad vibes. And you can't pinpoint what it is, but eventually you're like, yeah, that was it. Well, I think with art, there's very much this free spirit kind of vibe, like explore yourself, explore Mm -hmm. your feelings. And I am all for that 110%. But you have to be careful and make sure you know boundaries. So yes, I do totally agree. And I want to make sure that it's very clear (laughs) that we do not... We do not appreciate or condone any behavior that is like inappropriate or... Yeah, it could be the next semester, maybe he reached out to Paige and been like, oh, hey, I see we're no longer teacher-student relationship, so maybe this could work. Although then I think about Ross from Friends when he wants to date Emily, and it's still like, he's like, no, no, it's frowned upon. They're like, no, no, we'll fire you for that type of deal. So got to take that into account. Yeah, way longer than I thought we'd be talking about this one little bullet. Can I ask one question, though? You said he was a typography professor. I did not go to art school. I went to business school. I did not realize that typography was maybe its own class. Oh, yeah. We would create our own typography. So essentially, like, art school for me was a Bachelor of Fine Arts in graphic design. So it gave me a little taste of everything that you could do in graphic design, but not a whole deep dive into one specific thing. So... As a designer, you could be an illustrator, a typographer, um, just a designer in general, like I am right now with my day-to-day. But you could also jump into web design, animation. There's so many different spectrums. So, like, typography was one of those that we had the one semester, like, taste of it. So, another one I was going to tell you guys, when I first decided to go to art school, I interviewed at AIA, the the Institute of Art. And I was walking around and all I saw were these men who looked like Jesus. They had their really long hair with a big furry beard. They were all students that were walking around. And I just thought to myself, I will never find a husband here because I was not (laughs) into any of them. So I definitely had to reevaluate going to a state school and then getting a VFA there. Paige, I had a professor. We'll call him Bob. That actually was his name, but I feel like Bob is just such a generic fitting name. (laughs) And he was a towdy because I went to a small liberal arts school, right? So he was from that town, lived in that town. I feel like his backyard butted up with the college. So kids who wanted to smoke after would just go over to his backyard and hang out. That was like a different art crowd that I was not really a part of. And he... I don't know if he had like short-term memory loss or if he just smoked too much. I'm not entirely sure, but he was very forgetful sometimes. He was the nicest person in the world and I loved him, but like you would, I don't know, he would like have these long dramatic pauses and I don't know if it's, if he was actually thinking about things or if he was confused and didn't know what he was going to say next. (laughs) Or he was constantly high. I went to like a school that's a little bit bigger than Sarah's, but it is also in a very small town and we call people townies. So I cannot even imagine that Sarah's school, which was like kind of down the road a little bit from where I went, was even a smaller town on the map. So those townies, I don't even want to imagine, 
you know, what that was like there. We also had this like design professor and she was awesome, but she was very intense. You had Bob over here who was all like free flowing, loosey goosey. And then you had this other woman over here and it was very drill sergeant, right? You didn't get away with shit and you had to make sure like they were just two very different extremes for art school, right? Like one, it didn't fucking matter what you did. The other, it was like you'd better have your shit together or I you're mean, going to get in trouble. I didn't go to art school, but I kind of feel like that seems like it covers the whole range of things, right? Where it's very free-flowing and then also very strict. And that's like, you fit in the middle or you don't at all. One of my favorite professors that I look back, I don't think I ever saw him smile. So he was one of those strict ones, but I probably learned the most from him about design. And so he was my freshman to sophomore year they kind of switch after so much time for beginner to intermediate he was one of my favorites but the last professor I wanted to share with you guys to paint a little picture about how it can go down this different realm is when I had to do mixed media which if you guys don't know mixed media is literally just whatever you guys want to create in a project I was gonna (laughs) ask what mixed media is I like I guess I envision when people do like these collages of there's a drawing over here and a photograph over here and maybe some video so obviously we're in metro Detroit Michigan you know that piece at the DIA that has the woman holding the bowl of milk and she it's like this video that loops and I have to imagine I think it's like hours long yes yep yep, but it's this woman holding a bowl of milk and basically it doesn't spill or it does I can't remember it's actually been like walking with a bowl of milk the entire video walking I think she's just standing there and it's like pouring into it but anyway that makes me think of mixed media when I think of art so I don't know if you guys haven't been to Detroit in the DIA I highly recommend it the DIA has some phenomenal art pieces and it's just a beautiful building so my experience with mixed media was literally dumpster diving to get my materials because we were yeah (laughs) i'm not joking my friends and i would go and dumpster dive in like the garbages nearby and we would get our supplies so it if it was wood or glass or metal whatever it was we would create the projects with it so just as a little highlight so anyways the professor She was a free spirit, as Sarah likes to say, and she was one that never wore a bra. She had like double Ds. They were in your face, no bra at all. Everything was hanging out and she never shaved her armpits and then she never wore deodorant. And she would always like to get a little too close for your comfort level with all of those three things combined. And it was just a messy interaction. So... (laughs) I think I want to say that I want to make sure that people who are listening, like we have no issue with people who want to do this or make that as part of their lifestyle. However, you can't negate the fact that it is not the ordinary, it is the exception. And it can make people uncomfortable just because it is the exception and you're maybe not used to seeing that. So that's very interesting, Paige. The the deodorant piece does kind of throw me for a loop because... Who wants to smell? I don't know. Yeah, the only reason I'm sharing these is because they're the stereotypical design art school professors. So unless you went to art school or had friends that were in it, you might not know these. It might just be the stereotype. Some of the stereotypes are real. Some of them are not so much. Some of us are normal people. I guess I should quote that because we just talked about maybe not bringing people down. But (laughs) 
if I mean, it's the free spirited people versus the stricter people like me who like to have tasks checked off every once in a while. So it's, I don't know. I feel like I'm digging myself a hole here. (laughs) (laughs) I'll save you Paige. I'm just kidding. But I did enjoy mixed media because well, Paige did graphic design. I did more of the hands-on traditional art. Unfortunately, I feel like I was on the weird cusp with graphic design and computers taking off because this was back in, what, I graduated in 2009, so 11 years ago from college. Ugh, that sounds so long ago. But So I didn't do anything digital, which I feel like probably hurt me, but I enjoyed the tactile. So creating the weird mixed up media from arts and crafts and rummaging through the garbage. I feel like the art history professor introduced us to Duchamp and things like that. So did some lots of interesting pieces and memory boxes and probably things with pasta for all I know. beads so I feel like beads and paint were a huge part and like string and I have no idea what I created my parents still have all my artwork in their basement and I'm sure now that I bought a house they'll try to offload it to me but I'll just be like you can keep that <laughs> oh for sure so for those who haven't listened to previous episodes I feel like we should share what Sarah's background was going into school because wasn't it anatomical drawing is that right well when I first went to school. So I got a liberal arts degree, right? Which I feel like makes you be able to do, in theory, whatever you want, but they let you get a degree in whatever you want, which is cool until you graduate and have to pay back all of your loans and you realize you can't get a degree in anything or a job in anything. So I went to school for biology at first. That was what I thought I wanted to do. And in my junior year, I was sitting in like a physics class. And I feel like I just had this epiphany where I was like, I don't want to learn this stuff anymore. I don't want to do this. I've done all the science labs. I like biology, but physics is just not my forte. I probably never will be. And I don't care about it. So I dropped all of those higher end science classes and picked up a ton of art classes and ended up with a BFA, so like a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Art and Design with an emphasis in scientific illustration. So essentially in the, I wanted to become an anatomical designer. I can't even think of the right word right now, but that is obviously not what I became. (laughs) I feel like everybody kind of goes through that process, right? Where they're like, this is what I'm going to be. And then they go to classes and they're like, Never mind. So, like, I wanted to be either, like, a marine biologist or a zoologist, and I took some marine biology classes. It was, like, an oceanography class. I learned all about the soil and all that stuff, which I was like, I don't know if this is what I did, but, like, kept going with it. And then I took a zoology class, and you guys, I kid you not, first day, syllabus is handed out, and they're going through it. (laughs) I got up, and I walked out, and I was like, nope, not going to do this anymore. I can definitely attest to that as well, as I went into my freshman year of college saying that I was going to major in chemistry and I was going to be a pharmacist. And my plan was I was going to finish up my undergrad at one university, go to another university, finish my pharmacy, finish pharmacy school, and I was going to be a pharmacist. And I got through a half a semester, like not even And I switched my major, so I didn't even get to, like, orgo and all those other crazy chemistry classes. Don't get me wrong. I love science. I love science. But there were certain things in there where I was like, I feel like I might be a little bit more of a creative and, like, something, like, and this definitely doesn't lend itself to creativity. If you get creative when you're, like, mixing people's prescriptions or, like, filling their bottles, like, people die. So (laughs) it definitely wasn't going to be a thing for me. Oh, boy, that got dark. 
I actually always knew what I wanted to do before school. My junior year of high school, I took like an intro to graphic design mistakenly. We talked about this on a previous episode and my mom signed me up for it thinking it was something else. And I fell in love with graphic design. So I knew what I was going to go into for college, which thank goodness, because getting a BFA in graphic design takes a minimum of four years. I took like almost 18 credits every semester just to try and get it all done. So I actually wanted to dive into a few of my favorite takeaways from design classes that I think were really great life lessons, I guess. So one of them is I put my blood, sweat and tears into some of my projects. And one day we had to present it to the class because design critique is a pretty big part about school. And our professor said, okay, I'm not going to be taking the, the project from you guys, delete it. And we're going to submit whatever you guys can do in an hour. All this got like the oh shit faces because we had worked on this for at least a month. We, you know, you design, you reiterate, you work your butt off to get this done. And then he wants you to delete it. So it hurt our souls. And he's like, you're not going to be able to recreate what you did in an hour. Just accept that. What you need to do is work fast and try and figure out something on the spot. And that's really kind of helped me in my job right now because as a designer and you work, I've worked in advertising. I've worked in so many different fields, working fast and on your feet is a huge part about being successful. So that was probably one of my biggest takeaways from that one little class critique. But for everyone else who I guess hasn't listened to a previous episode, design critique is literally just like you put your designs out for the entire class to see. So you have at least 30 people viewing what you put your, your heart into and they have it on a giant screen in front. You have 30 people pretty much giving you feedback. Not all of it is good. Most of the time they give you bad feedback and you kind of have to take it and receive that feedback and kind of know how to give and receive it. So that was a huge part too. Yeah. I was just going to add to like, just being a student, like I'm sure that that was super hard to hear and be comfortable with, but that makes you better once you get into the real world, because feedback is always going to probably be not so great, right? So they're going to give you like the worst of the worst. But as a design student, I'm sure that you were already got that thick skin of like being able to accept it and then build from that. So that probably helped you in the long run. Yeah. And like when you're in design school, like most of the time you have 30, 30 to 40 people that you are in for those four years. So you become friends and you know them because you're in every single class. Unlike some of like the biology sciences where you have an entire like what are those things called? The even entire like a uh, hundred person class that you're sitting in an auditorium. So this was more tight knit. So you know these people and you're giving like feedback to friends. And sometimes you really didn't want to give that feedback because they might not like you for it, but you want to make sure that they get better. So that was a huge part too, to kind of like push yourself to keep, keep like progressing essentially. As I say, Paige, you, you probably have a lot thicker skin than I do because that was one of my least favorite parts of design school because for me, and I know this is true for you, but like you put your heart and soul into it and then you like have to put it up there and people rip it apart. And sometimes you're finishing things last minute or you think of things you would have done differently. And because sometimes it really doesn't evolve or come around until the last couple of hours there when you're under the deadline. It was definitely an interesting experience. It probably is good for everyone to go through. It, 
can be hard though. I think the hardest part was separating yourself from your work and understanding that someone critiquing your work doesn't necessarily mean they were critiquing you as a person. You could be a good, kind, separate person from your artwork and they can just hate your artwork. Oh, I was going to say is when you are a design student or an art art student, you have to explain your art or your work that you're presenting. And sometimes I pulled bullshit out of my ass last minute because I had no idea why I created something or why I did what I did. And it kind of makes you a really good fibber or liar. And I swear to God, you have to do it. I, you just do. It really does. That circles that that circle comes full here because we all kind of bullshit things as we kind of make our way through life as we're just like oh well this is exactly what we wanted to portray in our email I don't know why you think it's weird like we just kind of do that going forward or the best part is when someone sees something that you didn't even mean or didn't intentionally plan on and they go along with it and then you just have to go along with it right you're like oh yes I definitely did that purposeful instead of like that was a weird ass paint splatter I don't know what you're talking about but whatever I can see meaning behind that it is Charlotte's email fail recently where she sent it out to like a whole like the whole client list instead of just like a small portion of it because she didn't like filter it. But that's what it makes me think of. You just got to bullshit, right? And you move forward. I was like, lesson learned, everybody. Like, make sure you check the filtering in the Excel file before you upload the list. <laughs> like, this big fail turned into a good lesson learned for everybody. Like, share the wealth. So another big thing that everyone in art school has to do is a senior art show, which is at the end before you're going to graduate. It's a requirement. And I'm sure Sarah has some stories too, but I was so embarrassed at mine because my dad picked up one of my pieces and read it from front to back. And it was something to do with like, we had to create illustrations for a national park and make it kind of fun and creative for kids. Okay, cool. So I created all these illustrations of animals and wildlife, and then you had to kind of explain what they were, so they had to have labels. Well, I did check when I moved things around, and so for some reason, I all my labels were wrong. <laughs> so I labeled a deer, a moose, and a rabbit, a horse, and like all these just <laughs> wrong things. And my dad kept pointing them out to me. I was like, shut up, <laughs> like, please just let me have this, right? <laughs> So I was going to say, I feel like senior art shows are supposed to be the celebratory moment, right? Because it's your end cap, right? It's what you as an art student finally get to showcase all of your work. But I feel like they're really stressful. I don't think I slept for like days ahead of my senior art show. And it cost a ton of money because you had to frame. I don't know if anyone's framed artwork recently, but paying for all of the mat boards and the framing and the glass is really expensive. I know people complain about textbooks, which are now probably all ebooks, but I swear art was one of the most expensive to have because that framing cost me so much money when you're like a broke art student and you have no income and you're just like, I didn't know how to pay for this. I'm eating ramen already. And then my parents were like two hours late for my art show, which was like basically the end of it. And people kept being like, are they showing up? So you just look like this poor orphan art child that has no family to come see you. And I feel like one of the biology professors. So 
I was going to say we have a little bit more about this, but I was drawing people in one of mine and he asked why I use so many colors because I was using colored pencil and people aren't just black and white or just all pink or yellow or whatever. You have to use a variety of colors to kind of formulate them. And there are more colors because of the shadows and the highlights than just what you see. And so I felt like I had to defend that as well. So I get you with the art show page. It's embarrassing and hard. I feel like we all just started looking at our skin and we're like, how many different colors are in our skin? Like, look at the shadows. And we were all like, hmm. We got what? You got freckles, right? You got white spots. At least I do from the sun. And like, you have all this variation that you, I don't know, you see a color, but like, if you were to go draw it or try to recreate it, it would take more than one color to create that. Which I think is a good segue into our next section, which. We all really kind of we hear about. Let's talk about the nudity. Woo! <laughs> yeah, so in art, you have to draw not like nude people. It's just part of it. I had to take probably six classes of nude art drawing. And I'm sure Sarah had so many herself because anatomical drawing people. So my story is we would have to take so many classes for these to graduate. And it was always in a basement. It was always freezing cold guys I felt so bad for these people who would have to get nude because it we're just not gonna get into it just thinking about the peepees and the hoo-hahs and if it's all cold in there the peepees and the (laughs) hoo-hahs so there's the whole factor of that and then as a woman staring at a naked man's penis for two hours straight having to draw it it was just not my cup of tea I don't know and we always had more male like nude artists than females i'm not really sure why (laughs) i think men are more comfortable being naked than women if you were to do a poll and say what percentage of men sleep naked versus which percentage of women sleep naked i think men would be significantly higher i think men are just more comfortable being naked than women probably because they had to do i mean anyway i'm not gonna get into it i was gonna say something (laughs) after (laughs) that Now I want to know what you're going to Now I'm curious. I was thinking, you know when you were in middle school and you had to take group showers and the women would always like leave their swimsuits on to shower, but mm-hmm. I feel like men never did. They just like stripped and just did their business because who cares? I don't care. Yeah, like. I I- also society, like men are made to feel like they are better and it doesn't matter whatever they look like. So go ahead and just show it all off. Whereas women, we like shun them for whatever type of deal that they want to show. Yeah. And so I do remember something our professor actually said because we were running low on nude models. And we had this one girl who was kind of real thin, like just the standard model. But you don't really want to draw these people because there's not a lot to them, you know? Like you want some curves and shape to the body because that's what else are you going to draw for two hours? So he actually asked us if we had curvier women that would be interested to come in. Oh, <laughs> I was like, First of all, I'm not going to bring any friends in that I have to stare at for two hours. But we did actually have a regular male model. And he was probably there every other week, I guess, for a couple years. And turns out um, he was also my pizza delivery man. So I had to have that interaction with him on a regular basis. And the first time that we had the delivery, I had probably 10 art students in my um, apartment. We were all just kind of gathering. And so we had all seen him naked and we were like, oh, okay, the doorbell, we went to go get it. And we opened the door and all of our faces were like, 
kind of confused, kind of like, you know, when you recognize someone, but you don't know why. And then it was the epiphany. <laughs> Drop your shorts and then we'll know exactly why we know you. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm, there's some reason that we recognize you. And then it came to all of us and we just started laughing. And it, we felt so bad afterwards because we just didn't want him to feel bad. But we had this like, oh, my God, we've seen you naked so many times. <laughs> So I had to kind of go with a different pizza delivery man after that. <laughs> you got to choose your pizza delivery man? Well, I what? used a different serve. Like I did use not pizza hut. I went with like uh, Papa John's or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I listen, we were all drunk. Like we were all poor drunk college kids where we just had to like make ends meet. So really can't fault him in that. I'm curious how much they made. I actually don't know if I know the answer to that. Ours was pretty decent. I think they had to pay them. I mean, granted, so this was what, 11 plus years ago. So I feel like our people made like $15 an hour, which now people are advocating for it to be minimum wage. But back then, that was decent, at least in the small town that I went to school. And all of our models, because we had a small college, like my graduating class from college was less than my graduating class from high school. So you definitely had to see everyone that you saw naked around campus all the time. It wasn't just like a job. They'd be walking across campus and you'd be like, mm, I've seen you naked. <laughs> and then, like, and then it was just weird. I mean, I guess if you were like, hey, I sat there for two hours and I just had to sit there and be naked. Like, sure, I'll take 30 bucks. Why not? Right. I mean, in college, like at that same time, granted, I waited tables in college. So I feel like I could wait like three or four tables in an hour and make $30. So that's probably better than sitting and being a nude model. But at the same time, like $30, you're like, nah. you're just sitting there, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I donated plasma and I worked at the casino. So I think I'd rather just be a nude model. <laughs> so that reminded me, I totally forgot about this. But, you know, like, it wouldn't just be the nude model. I don't know, Sarah, you can attest to this, but you'd have props, too, that you would, mm -hmm. they would add to the environment. Like, <laughs> ours are plants. I'm envisioning plants. No. I'm envisioning them holding grapes and, like, eating <laughs> them out of their mouth. Is that incorrect? <laughs> no, I vividly remember a rubber chicken that I had to draw. <laughs> okay. I I went with photo booth at like a wedding props. And so the chicken kind of is in line with that, I feel like. They were like still life objects, right? That could just be placed around. And they were weird. Like yeah. just random things like Paige is saying. But I do remember a lot of plants. I don't know. Doesn't ask me. I mean, I'm sure the shape and stuff. But mm -hmm. I mean, it was just, it was so funny to be in that environment. Because right now I'm I'm a terrible drawer. I'm a, I'm in design. I do com stuff on computers. I never like to sketch. And so when I had to be forced to do this, my drawings did not turn out very pretty, let's just say. So I have to confess that when I was in high school, I was part of the AP art class. Which, for those who don't know, AP is Applied Art Class, which is like the higher level classes, I guess. And they can they can count towards your college credits and stuff like that. It's, it's advanced placement, because I also took oh, that yes. in chemistry and history. Oh, I did it for calculus, too. So, like, calculus and art class is basically, I think those were the we only two. skills between us. Yeah, we got some skills. Yeah. We have a lot of variety here. We're very we're very diverse in our skill sets on this team. But I took this AP art course and it was I had to build a portfolio and ship it out 
my senior year and they graded me on this and you could score on a rating of one to five on your portfolio. Guys, I got a one. I got a (laughs) one back. But my friend who's an architect now, and she's amazing. She is literally a phenomenal artist. I actually have one of her prints here that I'm ready to hang in my office. She's a great painter. She got a two. And I was like, I feel like that doesn't make sense because I got a one. subjective. Yes. And like the AP stuff is meant to like place you in college classes. So like depending on (laughs) what your rating was, you got a college credit for that. And I think, like, legit, if you signed your name to a test, you got one. And depending on that, it went up from there. Besides life drawing, I also had to draw cadavers. Since I decided to do the biological scientific illustration, I had to sign up for science classes where I would go and dissect. I had anatomy and physiology classes, so I'd have, like, three or four-hour labs where i dissect And then I'd have to go back because I had a separate art independent study and I'd go back and draw the dead bodies, which like a lot of times that was me sitting in the art lab or in the science lab with the dissected bodies alone by myself late at night. And one time there was a lightning storm and I just got so paranoid that the lights were going to turn off while I was in this room of dead bodies by myself that I just had to leave. I convinced myself that one of them was going to wake up. And dissecting bodies is such a weird experience. Drawing them while they're live and naked is weird. But also when someone's died, the bodies have been donated. And one of them, I remember, we named her Anna because she looked anorexic, which is really horrible. But she was so skinny. To Paige's point, she had no meat on her to draw. But on the other hand, it like made the bones and the arteries and the veins and things show through a little bit more because everything was very pronounced and she had no fat on her, which made it, I guess, easier to dissect because you didn't have to remove the layers of fat. It was an interesting experience. That is so crazy. That is so unlike my college experience. I didn't dissect a single body. I didn't draw a single body. I didn't. I talked about marketing case studies of Harley Davidson and so crazy, so different. This is why you have to be well-rounded like Sarah, because she has experienced it all. And that's why we go back to our bracelets of what would Sarah do? Because literally Sarah has experienced it all. And we want to know what Sarah's going to do. I can't wait to launch those bracelets one day. Like, what would Sarah do? They will be a thing. And for all of you listening, I want to hear, do you want a what would Sarah do bracelet? Because we will create them if you want them. Oh, yeah, for sure. I just pictured when you were saying the cadaver and the lightning in like a Frankenstein moment. And (laughs) basically, yeah, that was what I pictured happening. It was scary. I mean, well, the only thing I've ever had to dissect was like a pig in high school. And I only did a small portion of it because we had 10 people a pig. So it was like, you could have cut this and that's it. But I mean, my husband went to medical school. So he would explain to me in that part of all of the different dissections. And you really need to treat these people with respect because they were donating their body. And I just felt that was so interesting. If I die to donate my body for someone to cut open, it's just such a surreal thing to think about. I think the only things I've ever dissected were a frog in fifth grade. And I think I dissected a lamb's eye in second grade. And I have this thing now where I don't think I could ever dissect anything. Because now that I have this perspective of the world where I'm like, oh my gosh, something had to die for me to be able to do that. And like, even if it died of natural causes and whatever, 
I still struggle with that. And it's, it's such a, it's such a weird concept. I don't know. We also had to dissect cats, which was kind of sad. They were once humane society cats that have been put down. That was our intro into it. And then you had to do people, which I feel bad. People. No, don't find me up to do a cat. No, the worst was though the frog because we did frog in college and it was alive and you had to pith it to take out the lungs and the heart to see it still breathing that was horrible i don't want to kill things to see if it's already dead i guess i'm like "Mm, it's already dead but if you are the one in the act of killing that's hard to me i couldn't handle that isn't that called like a vivis like something vivisection Oh, uh, my God. I used to do crazy things back in the day, like bloodletting and stuff. But, like, we did oh, yeah. cats in junior high, so I don't know if that's a city thing or whatnot, <laughs> but I didn't appreciate that in junior high, and then we had to go, like, up to the pigs and whatnot. But I just remember when it got to be that point of the week of when we were doing it, like, the whole school smelled when you walked by that portion of it. So then even before you were in that grade, then they did it, you smelled it. And then when you did it, you smelled it. And then the year after, you also still smelled it as you walked by. So, right. I mean, just to say, I did try going vegan for a couple weeks back last year. And since then, I am no longer vegan. I did not stay vegan. But my meat consumption has dramatically increased. Like, I don't eat meat on a regular basis except for, like, eggs. I do eat eggs and I will eat fish. Other than that. (laughs) You said increase. Oh, I've decreased. I have decreased my meat intake. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Decreased. I have only eaten eggs and fish and on the rare occasion chicken. Um, Cheese. Oh, cheese. Well, yeah, cheese. Well, vegetarian, vegan, like yeah. It's I'm definitely more on like a vegetarian, or what do they call it? It's, there, there's a name for it, like vegetarian. Yeah, it's the fish people. But then there's something where if you take into account eggs, there's like an oh, that it begins with an oh, oh vegetarian, oh vegetarian, yes, something like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, know. How did we get so off topic? Um, well, that's drunken marketing. That was my art right? school topic or my art school experience. This is what we do in our marketing oasis. We just wanted everybody to get a, a glimpse of what we do here. Well, so it's probably about time for us to wrap this up. But if you are somebody who's looking at going into art school or graphic design and figuring out what that path looks like, obviously it's been a while since our team has gone through it, but I can't imagine art school has changed a ton. Maybe there's a little bit more of a digital approach to it. However, I think in order for us to maintain appreciation for the arts, these types of classes will continue to be a thing, which I think they should be. But with that, this is our third episode of Drunken Marketing. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to be considered or included in our surveys going forward or any additional information about the uh, Wine and Whiteboards podcast, definitely subscribe to our newsletter so that we know that you want to hear from us. You can do that by going to our Instagram, which is Wine and Whiteboards podcast, and clicking on our link in our bio and subscribing to our emails. And you can always go to our Instagram and just leave comments there as well. And, of course, let us know your own design school stories. We're always up to hearing stories, whether they are good, bad. Hopefully they are just funny and hilarious. We just want to hear all those stories so that we can share them with everybody. So 
please let us know and drop us, you know, your little tidbit on Instagram or email us so that we can share your story. And with that, this has been another episode of Drunken Marketing. Thank you for joining us. We hope to see you soon. Cheers. 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 Thank you for listening to Drunken Marketing. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the ridiculously hilarious and real marketing experiences from the Wine and Whiteboards team. If you haven't checked out our full-length episodes, pour yourself a glass of your favorite vino and join us. We share marketing tips and design tips on everything from content marketing to website redesign and so much more. Wondering how you can support the show? If you love our podcast, leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe. Share it with your friends, family, enemies, or whoever else you think would enjoy the Wine and Whiteboards podcast. We're always looking for new listeners to add to our wolf pack. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>